let's be honest, most of our comparison comes from social media. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have Instagram or Facebook and I was just living my life, I'm pretty sure I would not give two craps about what other people are doing, right? Because I don't have anything to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But when you're on Facebook and you constantly see your timeline update with your friends posting about how they're just got this amazing new job or they're engaged, they had a kid, like it just kind of compounds that feeling of like, okay, they're doing this, but what are you doing? I'm Alyssa and And this is Tea Talk. So we're back for season two. It is so crazy because we took a break for a couple of months. Yeah. And it honestly felt like we blinked and now we're back. I know. And it's, it's been like what? End of July, basically. Yeah. And our last episode was in May. I literally have not seen this girl for like months. Like she has been so busy and has not had time to sit down and talk to me, but we're back finally. Yeah. It's crazy because I remember when we took the break, we were, you know, thinking it's going to feel like a long time. It'll be nice to kind of have this time to like live life and not feel so pressured to keep up with the content. Yeah. But it really did feel like no time has passed. Like in the sense that I think because life has felt so crazy in different ways, Mm -hmm. it just feels like everything is just like kind of moving on by. And I think this is good for me personally, though, to check in and reflect. One thing I really did miss was our basically weekly reflections. Yeah. Because I felt like it kept me... Therapy sessions. Yeah. One, it was like therapy. But two, it just kept me, I feel like, really reflective and introspective. And because we weren't doing this, I did feel like a piece of me was missing. Same. I also missed you. Oh, <laughs> I missed you too. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to talk to her like every week. <laughs> I know. it's It's been such a challenge because I really feel like the last couple of months have thrown some new curveballs in terms of like transitions and uh, just navigating, I think, a new season in my life. Mm-hmm. And like whenever those moments happen, I, you know, I think my initial reactions to kind of like resist it because I'm so comfortable in like whatever I've been doing. But I have to remember that change is good and change is a part of life. So change is growth. Change is growth. And so today we're going to be back in it and talk about sort of what's been happening in our lives in the last couple of months because, you know, while on paper it feels really fast, like there have been actually a lot of things just like happening in between. Definitely. And I think a lot of our listeners are very curious to see what happened with our In the Wild Challenge. I know. We've been like <laughs> so, what do you call it? Just very, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, fail. Like, <laughs> I really don't have a word because I feel like there's not much of an update to give you all, but it's Sadly. more of like one of those things where it's like, we kind of left you hanging. Yeah. Oh, cliffhanger. Cliff, it's like a cliffhanger because cliffhanger. like we started off really strong. We're like super motivated, especially if you follow us on Instagram. We were like so pumped to do this. And the thing is, you know, I think in theory it's a great idea. I think it was a great idea. And I think, I mean, I'm so sorry that it's so anticlimactic for you all. We just don't have probably the update that you all want. Yeah. But I definitely think there are some lessons learned in this experience of being in the wild and off of our dating apps. So what have you learned? And do you have any sort of update? Like, what did you do for the challenge? (laughs) 
<laughs> so, okay, update. I definitely deleted all of my apps, my dating apps. And for the last three months, I was really committed to sort of just like living my life and trying to make connections in real life, whether that be through just the grocery store, <laughs> coffee shops, or like work functions. Like I really tried to be open to those things. I would say that there have been a couple of interactions I mean, you've texted us a couple times being like, oh my god, there's a cute guy in Trader Joe's. Yeah! Okay, but the thing is, like, nothing has, like, transpired out of it. But it has pushed me to be more social. Yeah. Like, I definitely am more cognizant of, like, who's around me. And instead of, like, retreating to my, like, oh, I'm just to, like, not make eye contact or not make conversation because, like, I'm intimidated by them. Mm -hmm. I've actually pushed myself to have conversations with people that I find attractive. So, yeah, I guess the Trader Joe's man is an example. Like... I we'll just call him Trader Joe. Trader Joe. I definitely um, push myself to make conversation with him and like joke around. And I definitely think there was like you know a little mutual flirtation there. He was the one that commented on my shirt first. <laughs> I was wearing a Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd or point? Is it Pink Floyd? It is. Pink okay. Floyd. See, I don't even listen see? to the band. This is this is how it started. How much of a poser you are? I'm such a poser. Basically, he saw my shirt and was like, "Oh, is that like a new band or something?" And he was he like had a smirk on his face, and I was. I was like, yeah, I think they're kind of like the new Jonas Brothers or something. I was trying to make a joke. I was trying to be funny. And then he laughed. And then we started talking about bands. And I was like, okay, well, I have to admit, like, I'm the biggest poser. I don't listen to them. And then we got on this conversation about clothes and how we just like certain things, but don't maybe don't actually know what they really are. Mm Because apparently he does the same thing with, like, his clothing. So anyways... Basically, nothing happened. I, nothing that. happened from it. So th- it's so anticlimactic. But what I will say is that I definitely push myself to have conversations with men like outside in the world. Yeah, in the wild. Yeah. Well, oh, I forgot to tell. Well, I think I did tell you when I was in New York. There was a guy that I flirted with. I was not interested in, but I used him as like a... Was that the sushi place? Yes, as okay. a guinea pig. And I ended up getting his IG handle. Which, oh, shoot. Yeah, and we like follow each other like... Oh, what? Yeah, we still follow each other. But I... Definitely have not exchanged anything after that first, like the night that we met. Okay. But I did it to like push myself because we had such good conversation. And I told him like, oh, do you have like, I asked him, I asked him, I was like, do you have an IG to stay connected? Yeah. And then he gave me his and his was very anticlimactic too because (laughs) his pictures were so sad. Oh my God. Did it still have like filters on them? He takes pictures of his food and they're not pretty. They're just like, it's just like ugly pictures. Like his feet is just like such a dude, you know, it's like. Like Make, making an, this burger or whatever. Person. Yeah, he's very normal is what I should say. Versus <laughs> me, like, clearly I have, like, a... Take 500 photos yeah. of one thing and chooses maybe one. A curated Instagram. So, yeah. anyways, I would say that for me, it taught me to not be afraid to just start conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, for me, I also deleted all of my apps. Like, I made a whole deal about it and put it on my stories and everything. And then... I tried everything, right? I, like, tried to go out a little bit. I went to bars. I went to clubs. And I realized those are not the type of people that I want to be meeting. Oh, yeah. And then I went to work at a coffee shop. And I realized everybody working there goes to college. Okay, but seriously, I thought the coffee shops would be, like, good places, yeah. too. But it's, it's like, two types of men. They're either, like, 65 and retired, <laughs> or they're, like, 21 and studying for finals. Yeah, and I'm, like, sitting there, like, okay, I'm not about to be, like, a cradle robber over exactly. here. <laughs> um, so that obviously didn't work out. And so for two months, I, st- I, stayed at, I stayed off of apps for two months, which is 
quite the feat for me. Um, yeah, I was really proud of you. Thank you. And I think, like, it cleared your mind. It did. So I did not go on any dates for two months. I didn't have any boy drama for two months. Oh. Which is actually very refreshing and very nice. Um, it was a really nice break from it all. It gave me some time to, like, reflect on myself and, like, my life and take stock of, like, what I'm doing. And then I got bored and I relapsed. And I downloaded dating apps again. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was a huge mistake because oh. I thought it was be- going to be better because I, like, went about it in a different strategy. I'm like, okay. I was kind of, like, targeting the wrong people before. I was just tar- targeting, like, you know, people who just, like, weren't ready and weren't mature. So, like, let me change my strategy. But at the end of the day, they're just not quality people. <laughs> and it's- it's just so disappointing. And it stinks because when you got back on, you know, you had like two months of like pure bliss yeah. of like, okay, I'm like working on myself. This feels good not to like have drama or have to like play games with somebody. And then immediately it's like the first person that you met. I know. We're not going to go into like detail or anything, no. but let's just say it like the universe kindly reminded <laughs> both of us like why on like dating sucks. <laughs> I think at this point, I think I just, it's a sign that I probably should just, like, stop dating for a while and, like, focus my energy on myself for a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, like, in the same boat because I just feel like I'm in a place, like, when we talk about, like, change and, like, seasons, like, this is, like, definitely a season in my life where I feel like so many things are pointing to, like, work towards, just work on yourself. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I just don't feel inspired right now to date like if I'm being very honest because your life is already it's also like so busy right now right like what have you been up to like there's been a lot of changes in your life yeah and it's I really hate the word busy though because it may I just I feel like in today's world we glorify busy right we glorify like having your schedule filled and I'm actually very the opposite like I love it when I have a clear schedule like I love it when I have like one or two things on my plate Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to do, but lately it's been the opposite. It's Mm -hmm. been, like, honestly lists and lists, and it's felt like every day from the moment I wake up to, like, the moment I go to bed, there's, like, almost, like, every minute is filled with something, and I don't really like living my life like that, but it's honestly the season that I'm in. I feel like I just have to accept it and um, embrace it, and then also be present so that I'm not, like, missing out on, like, what this part of my life is teaching me. So, since we last spoke, I transitioned into a new career and a new job. Yeah. Which is so exciting because it took me eight months to find this opportunity, and I think what was really difficult was going from honestly like having no job right like eight months of searching and feeling depressed because of the just rejection that I was facing to then all of a sudden being like okay I'm so excited this door opened my life is about to change and this is what I wanted and it's like that was such a blessing but at the same time it was such a fast change of like literally going of like eight months of nothing (laughs) to then full speed everything I think I forgot like how much of that transition can kind of shake you up and make you, yeah, and like just affect your mental health too. I would say personally, you know, my new job is so rewarding, but it is, it's a lot, you know, there's travel involved. There's just a lot that I'm learning and I'm so grateful for it. Um, no, in no way am I I complaining because I'm definitely not. Um, I'm just mentioning that like, you know, when you change your job and you get a new role, like there are just so many pieces to that, like experience of processing, you know, your personal feelings and like, then you're like your your professional role and then getting to know, you know, your 
coworkers, your new job, just like so many things that can make you feel really overwhelmed. Yeah. And so there are definitely have been times in the last, you know, few months where I felt super overwhelmed with this transition in life, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it's like you go from eight months of feeling discouraged and feeling like, where the heck am I going in this life? Because I don't have a job. These applications are going nowhere. And then all of a sudden it like flips 360 and you're like, oh, you got what you wanted. Like, this is amazing. 360 is all the way around. You're right. Okay, flips 180. (laughs) Okay, well, it's like full circle. Okay, I meant like, there's like many metaphors in this. It was like a full circle moment. So it was like a 360. But then like, I'm flipping 180 because then it's like opposite. Okay, but anyways. I don't know. Don't take my word for it because I I definitely, math is not my forte. Yeah. (laughs) Girl, neither. So. Uh, That's why I never taught So that's your work, right? Yeah. What about your home life? Yeah, I think home life has been another piece that it's been challenging. So. Some of you may know, some of you may not, but when I moved back from New York, I moved back home. So being somebody who was fully independent and living completely by myself for the past six years, I literally graduated college and then three days after college, I was living in DC. And so I had no time back at home. Like a lot of, um, I think, graduates might move back home early on in their 20s but I kind of had this opposite experience which I think actually more people are having these days where they actually move back home like in their late 20s yeah and I never saw myself doing that to be honest because I didn't have a job lined up when I moved back to California logistically it made sense yeah logistically it made sense I was also just struggling with um, physical I had chronic illness a year ago and I'm still healing but like it was really bad a year ago and just mental health issues so I knew that moving back home was like the thing that I needed and the space that I needed to heal like in the comfort of like a safe space so mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to be back living at home but I will say that you know when you're 29 it must it, be really challenging yeah now. it's just like <laughs> I haven't lived with my parents since I was 18 and I've left like that's when I left home like for college yeah and then, I've been living, like, half a world away from them for, oh, my God, 11 years. Right. I just told you all my age, guys. It's fine. They already know. (laughs) They already know. It's fine. But, yeah, like, I... I can't imagine. But it's the same thing, right? Like 18, Mm -hmm. I went off to college Mm -hmm. and then didn't come back until 29. Yeah. And then I had this, you know, moment of just, like, feeling like I regressed. You know, I've made so much progress in my life. And now I'm back at home. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, your self-worth kind of takes a dip and then not only that you know people don't talk about how you know especially in Asian households like when you are you know the child living at home you have a responsibility to I think take care of your parents yeah and I cultural thing yeah that's like the cultural thing and for me like I want to be a good daughter so I've been taking on a lot more like personal things for my parents like helping them navigate situations and advocate Mm -hmm. for them financially for like things that you know I feel like they need help with but that is just another emotional burden that I feel like I've had to take on of like feeling sort of like my parents problems now become mine yeah which then has been another layer of stress because it's like I'm working at I'm so I work remotely so I work from home and then on top of that I live at home it's like you're constantly here and you're there's no escape there's no escape and so I think the last three months have been challenging for me to figure out what are my boundaries that I'm setting for myself because I need them Mm -hmm. for work for personal life for family for everything and then I needed to really ask myself like how am I taking care of myself in this process because when you are living with your parents especially you know as 
you know, a good Asian daughter, you, you want to do everything for them and you want to do more than you really can. And so I've had to kind of, I think, put my foot down and, and say, this is, this is how I can help you. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that I just, I have to prioritize. And yeah. unfortunately, like I can't do everything, you know, yeah. for them. And so anyways, that's been kind of like a, a challenge for me is figuring out what does this new relationship look like with my parents now that I'm living at home, but I'm not That's a child really anymore. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm also in the same boat as, cause the last time I lived with my parents, I was 18. I was in high school. Right. So like the way they see me is that mm-hmm. I'm still a teenager and that's how they treat me. And mm-hmm. like, but obviously I'm like almost 30. Ugh. I'm not a teenager. <laughs> I'm scary. A full blown adult. Even if some days I don't feel like one right but like it's even when I go visit them it's like I I don't know how to act yeah as my own person without fearing that they'll judge me or like try to control me or Mm -hmm. something and obviously that's that's something that we need to work through and grow from and communicate with our parents and with not only the generation gap but also the big cultural gap the cultural gap yeah it's such a challenge and, and I feel you girl. Yeah, that's we'll save that for another episode, yeah. but I will say definitely in the last 3 months there have been so many challenges that mm-hmm. I've faced that have really tested me and I think grown me um in my relationship with my parents and not all of it was pretty, but there definitely I think was a new level of closeness that we built because of the things that we've gone through. Yeah. So. And I think it's through those hard conversations that there is growth. So, I'm glad that that's happened. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, um, basically, <laughs> well, a lot has happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I kind of like started out the opposite of you. Like you, you were really busy and I was yeah. kind of really not busy. So since Tea Talk season one ended, I kind of felt really empty because all of a sudden I went from having something that... I was working on every week and like putting out every week to all of a sudden not having that mm-hmm. and then also kind of not losing you mm-hmm. but like losing you to yeah. your work and then also just a lot of the, my friends just started getting really busy just all at once and yeah. I don't know what was going on in the universe at the time but it was a season <laughs> yeah that just like really brought me spiraling down into this like deep depression so all of June was kind of dark for me you know I was really reflecting on just what I was doing in life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it, this is something that I've been trying to like deal with for mm-hmm. most of my 20s. And I, I had a lot of just times where I felt lacking mm-hmm. and comparing myself to my peers mm-hmm. and like, oh, all of my friends have these great careers and great jobs and like they're going places in their life. Whereas like what I'm, what am I doing? I feel like I'm constantly not as good as people. I'm just, I feel like other people have such busy lives and I'm just kind of like trying to figure out what to do every day. Mm -hmm. And so like throwing myself into that comparison game and like feeling like, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be at this age. It's, it's hard. And I think this is this is kind of like what we want to talk about today. The whole timing in our lives and like feeling like you're behind. I think this is a pretty universal topic for a lot of people. Yeah. I think especially when you, I think just like in your 20s, right? This That's like the period of time where we experience the most change because we go from sort of these settings like college is still like a low risk environment right Mm -hmm. we still most for the most part have a safety net of like our parents and sort of like a setting where you don't really have 
to experience what being an adult is. Like, it's still a bubble, you know? And then after you graduate, you're thrust into this world where you realize you don't really have an immediate community anymore, and you are forced to confront parts of your identity that maybe you didn't have to think about before, right? Which is, like, you're now your career identity. Your identity, like, in terms of, like, relationship status, and it all just like comes crashing down, I feel like, especially in your late 20s. If if you have not, I guess, checked off certain boxes. Yeah. Like I definitely have felt that too. Like, I mean, just going off of expectations of what other people have for me, I felt like, okay, I'm behind when it comes to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I am constantly reminded, you know, on my social media feed that my peers are getting married, they're getting engaged, they're having children. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm still single. Like, I literally... Single AF. Like, I'm still, like, at square... Like, not even, like... On the way. Like, a little bit, like, stepping forward. It's like, I'm literally at square one. Or that's how it feels at times. Mm-hmm. And so, I think this idea of just feeling behind in life is a universal feeling. Yeah. And just like the really dangerous game of comparing yourself to anybody. I, I I feel like the same way. But for me, it's like, it's not just relationships. It's career and life and just, mm-hmm. I mean, I have changed careers many, many times through mm-hmm. the, throughout the last decade. You know, I went from being a fine arts major in college to going to moving to New York to get my master's degree in art business. Didn't do anything with that. So I started working for my parents as a handbag designer. Did that for two years. Didn't like it. So I went to culinary school and then I started my own donut business and I ran that for two years and then moved back to California, closed the business, and then had to start back at square one for everything, not just career, but like friends. And Mm -hmm. I was recently out of a relationship when I moved here. And so it was literally back to like square one for every aspect of my life. And that was such a hard time Mm -hmm. for me because that was also the time when a lot of my friends closest friends like they're getting promotions at work they are getting into super serious relationships and Mm -hmm. now like literally last christmas like three of my friends got engaged Mm -hmm. and i'm so happy for them but then i compare myself to their lives and i'm just like what are you doing with your life stacy like you're nowhere near where i thought i would be Mm at 29 close closing in on 30 Mm -hmm. um and then also just this social expectation that like you know like growing up when you picture someone in their like late 20s early 30s you're like oh that's an adult like Mm -hmm. those people have families and like you know thriving careers and then I look at my life and I'm like that is nowhere near where I am yeah and I think this is so you touched upon multiple I think points that so many of us feel and we feel behind because we compare our lives to other people and not even compare our lives we compare our highlight reels to other people yeah let's be honest most of our comparison comes from social media Mm -hmm. like if I didn't have Instagram or Facebook and I was just living my life I'm pretty sure I would not give two craps about what other people are doing right because I don't have anything to compare it to Mm -hmm. but when you're on Facebook and you constantly see your timeline update with your friends posting about how they're just got this amazing new job or they're engaged they had a kid like it just kind of compounds that feeling of like okay they're doing this but what are you doing and I think you bring up a great point because I think what we're doing is we're comparing our lowest points yeah to other people's highest points exactly 
and we fail to acknowledge that we also have highlights in our lives. Right. And I think that's where the problem lies too. And I also think as women, we are less likely to get on Facebook and update everyone on the amazing things that are happening in our lives. Like I have noticed that a lot of my male friends from college have no problem talking about every award, every grad school program, everything that they've accomplished Mm. and put that on their timeline. Whereas like the females in my life, I don't see that happening as much. And instead what's being glorified on my Facebook is the engagement. Yeah. That gets the 800 likes versus (laughs) my job update only got like 200. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's this double standard. Also like, like, I don't know. This is kind of, off topic but like I know it's it's a happy thing that you know you got engaged and you're getting married and like sure congratulations but also I feel like we're congratulating like we're putting so much like emphasis on that part whereas we're not really you know praising their actual achievements like I feel like getting married and getting engaged and like bagging a man is not an achievement like what's no no no, there's actually an article on this that like literally outlines everything but it's it talks about how like there is no skill like involved in the sense that like you happen to meet somebody and like you clicked and like you love each other and it worked out and not to say that a relationship isn't work but what we're saying is like it's just not equal to like somebody working their butt off getting into medical school medical school and like passing their exams and whatever and so I think there is this double standard of like women being congratulated and like especially like I feel like there's this emphasis of like wow this is such an accomplishment in your life for getting engaged versus like the other shit that women actually do Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm like I will put my job update because you know what I work damn hard to get this job versus like if you know if I'm in a relationship like I feel like at this point in my life, I am going to think twice about even broadcasting it because to be honest, I did that before and (laughs) I just don't feel the need to, I think, make those, that part of my life like public anymore because I feel like there was just a lot of like emphasis on that, right? Of like putting like my success in life based off of a relationship. Yeah. And like, I just know, I just don't see that as a priority in my life in the sense that if a relationship happens, I would be so happy, right? Because I am ready for it and I want that. But at the end of the day, I think what keeps me in check is knowing that like, I can still be fulfilled in my life, even like without somebody like Mm -hmm. a partner, right? Like I still have a lot going on for me, regardless of the relationship part. And I feel like in in today's world, like that's like the only thing that people care about. Like, I don't know about you, but whenever I meet some or like see somebody for a while, like the first thing they want to know is like, are Are you you dating? dating? Yeah. And it's like, I get it. We're nosy. We all want to know, but it feels like that's the most important part of my life. And that's where it makes me feel self-conscious at times. Cause it's like, you don't people, have anything to say. Yeah. Or yeah. people are measuring my worth, my that. success yeah, no. based off of that. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. ask me about the amazing projects I've been working on. Ask me about how I've like built my blog up independent, you know, mm-hmm. like ask me about the passion projects. Like I feel like those things are really important to me. And then like, I'm constantly reminded, though, by people in my family that I'm single. And then it puts me back in this place of, like, is that what I'm good for? You know what I mean? Like, is that what my worth is measured on? And I'm at the point where I'm like, no, it's not. It's totally not. But, you know, it took me a while to get to that point because we're constantly reminded, especially a single woman, that the time is ticking. Yeah. I know 
know you mentioned passion projects and I, I like that you mentioned passion projects because I think one of my biggest in- insecurities is that like I don't have a steady career mm-hmm. and when a lot of people like first meet you they're mm-hmm. like oh so what do you do right and then so I just like sometimes I, I'm not doing anything and I don't know what to say but then I but I have all of these passion projects that I'm working on like the, my Instagram and my pot and this podcast mm-hmm. and our community building you know yeah. but at the end of the like that's not bringing me it's not an income. It's right. not like a job, mm-hmm. but it's something that I spend a majority of my time working on because I'm passionate about it. And I know that it's helpful to society. Mm-hmm. And I forget that that's also an achievement mm-hmm. because it, it, at the end of the day, like it isn't like it's, it is, it's something really important and frankly, very cool. Yeah. And I think like a lot of times as, especially as what I just feel like as women, we downplay our own success Mm -hmm. so that other people can feel comfortable around us. Right. Because sometimes it makes people feel uncomfortable when we tell them about things that we're doing that are unconventional. Do you think it's also, like, an Asian thing, too? Like, because we were told, like, not to be braggy. I definitely think um, there is a cultural layer to it Mm -hmm. because as a, child I was definitely raised to be humble yeah and right you're not gonna tell like no. all of your achievements like my mom will do that <laughs> right for me oh my all... mom would even do oh, that oh really no. she would you know my mom would slyly kind of have those conversations with other Asian mothers like at Chinese school about like yeah. how we were dealing no my but... mom would be like no she's worthless she's like okay she's useless. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> but at the end of the day I think like that cultural layer of sort of being taught to be humble and mm-hmm. basically let your work show I don't know I that's what I was taught yeah. is like let your work Act- speak for it actually speak louder yes. than words that's how I've been taught is like let your work quality speak for itself and therefore that will kind of propel you into whatever mm-hmm. you know um but anyways let your work speak for itself has yeah. kind of like been the motto that I've been taught but I definitely think that as women we're less likely to share accomplishments for fear of like being seen as bragging, bragging yeah or we're um conceited but at this point I literally have this motto of like I am not like my job is not to make you to make you feel comfortable around me Mm -hmm. like I am who I am and like if you're insecure about your life and what I do makes you feel insecure like I'm sorry that's not my intention but like I don't know I don't I can't do that work for you like that inner work of like building your self-esteem up you know at the end of the day so I think this sort of chapter and transition in my life at least has kind of taught me it's like you just have to like accept every stage that you're at and like some stage of life is going to be more conventionally successful than others and at the end of the day I think we just have to define what success is Mm -hmm. for ourselves I think also something big that I have learned recently is that like I always feel like there's no progression in my life I feel like I'm constantly either just like one step forward and two steps back and I heard this one one day like a month ago, someone told me that progress is not linear, mm-hmm. but it's a spiral. Mm-hmm. So when you think you've come kind of like full circle back again, you're actually closer to the middle than you think. Mm-hmm. Or however you're imagining the spiral. Well, and the thing is, I relate to that too because I have experienced a lot of like chronic health issues mm-hmm. in the last year. And you know, when you're healing those bodily symptoms and stuff, some days it feels really good. You're like, I'm making progress. I can feel my body healing. Mm -hmm. And then the next day you're back at square one. 
Um, and it's like all those symptoms relapse. And that experience of actually going through chronic illness has taught me like that's life. Like there are days where you're going to feel like you made a lot of progress. Right. And then you're going to feel like goodness, <laughs> two days later, like I'm back at square one yeah. because something triggered me. Right. And now I feel all of these emotions and it makes me feel like the progress I made is like gone. But I think that metaphor for life of, of just like recognizing that there are some days where you're going to feel on top of things and, and then there are going to be days where you feel like emotional mess. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's like, but it doesn't negate the progress that you've made. I think we just have to remember that we're never going backwards. We're always going forward. Yes. But even if it feels like you've regressed, you actually haven't. Like you've learned from your past. Mm-hmm. And even if it feels the same, you're, you're still closer to your goals yeah. or wherever you want to be than you think. Yeah. And, and what is progress? Yeah, yeah, progress is progress. And what also has helped me is not putting my worth into any external factors. Like I'm not putting it into how many friends I have, whether or not I have a significant other or whether or not I'm I have a job or mm-hmm. a thriving career or even achievements and accomplishments. I'm putting my self-worth and my happiness and my contentment. Yeah, contentment. Contentment. <laughs> I'm putting my contentment into how I am as a person, who I am as a person, Mm -hmm. how I'm treating other people and like how I'm growing as a human being Yeah, and not what I do, but who I am. Yeah. And also one, another thing that has really, really kind of like opened up my eyes about this whole comparison thing is I shouldn't be comparing myself to other people. Mm -mm. I should actually be comparing myself to my past self Mm -hmm. in order to see oh like me three years ago Mm -hmm. I'm not the same person Mm -hmm. I've grown I've gotten a lot better I'm more mature I've Mm -hmm. done all of these things in the last three years I've done so much work on myself in the last three years and I'm a better person for it and that progress that is what I should be proud of right and that is what I should be focusing on not oh I'm here, but the other person, like my friend who is the same age, Mm -hmm. is somewhere else. Because at the end of the day, we all have our own timelines. Right. We all, you know, mature at different times and paces. We have different circumstances of life. We all start out at different places. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the other person has gone through in order to get where they are. You don't know where they started. Maybe they had a lot more help. Maybe, you know, you just just don't know everything. You don't know the whole picture of someone else. So comparing yourself to another person is, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't benefit you or anyone else. No. I mean... I think why comparison is so dangerous is that it puts you in this mindset that like other people are your competition when they're really not. And like one life isn't a race. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, it's not a race. And I think we just need to throw out this idea of like there is a time when things have to happen in our lives. Yeah. You know, I think because we've been conditioned from a young age to believe that at certain parts of our life, like at certain numbers that we hit, that means you should have done X, Y, Z. Like we just need to throw that out because it does not fit. One size does not fit all. Yeah. It just doesn't. One size fits one. Right. Like what is happening for you in your life at the moments and times that it does is because it's right for you. I agree. And like, yeah, I just think back to my life and every time I've like 
done that comparison thing. I mean, that quote is so true. Comparison is a thief of joy. I feel content about my life until I start comparing myself to other people. Mm -hmm. Like I, I literally feel good about myself until the day that I like pull up my feed and then, you know, and then you start to remind yourself, okay, other people are here and you're four steps back. But at the end of the day, like you said, we don't know the full story of those people. Not only is social media highlight reel, we just are not seeing the journey to get to those places that people are announcing or what have you. And then I think back to my life, like I'm not announcing all of the hardships that I'm going through. So if someone's comparing their life to me, they might feel really bad about themselves when the reality is I walk through like eight months of depression and health issues to get where I am today, you know, and like nobody knows that. But it's like, no, my reality was like dark depression for eight months and then you see my Facebook update yeah, of like you're not gonna be like yeah online be like I'm so depressed right like, and like that's the thing so like I just never want somebody to like look at my page or my feed and be like oh my gosh like she has it all it's like no the truth is like I'm still figuring it out second of all like I've had to walk through really hard things to get here mm-hmm. and then third of all like literally your competition is yourself right like yeah. who you are today you if you want to compare yourself compare your who you were in the past to where you are today in order to better yourself. And I think that that mindset is where we have to keep going is just like focus on yourself. And, you know, one thing that's helped me is also just viewing things like in an abundance mindset. So like when you compare, you start to kind of go through that like void mindset, right? Of Mm -hmm. like, what am I lacking? Yeah. What do I not have? Exactly. Like, what do I not have? And like, why does that then make me feel less than? Yes. And then, so I just have to like flip the script. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. It's not what I don't have. It's what do I have? have what is actually bringing me joy in my life like how can I keep doing that who is bringing me joy it's like who are the people in my life that I love that I want to keep investing in it's it's not about who I'm lacking it's about what I do have and that's what keeps I think me going and like able to push through those feelings of feeling behind right because it's Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day like my life is good yeah in all aspects I mean of course there are things that I I want right or like I want for myself in the future but at at this moment in my life like I really cannot complain because everything that I really need to be living a happy and fulfilling life I I have yeah and also I'm a huge believer in you are exactly where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and the universe gives you exactly what you can handle at this moment I believe that You know, if maybe you don't have these things because you're not ready for it. Right. And you don't have the capacity for it. But when you are, when you're ready and you're open and you have the time, you're ready for it, then that's when you get whatever you're ready for. So, like, don't rush things. There's no need to rush. We have all the time in the world. We really do. And instead of worrying about the past, instead of worrying about the future, just... Live in the present. Be grateful for what you have today and where you are. Really. Yeah. And I think that gratitude as sort of your anchor for life is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Um, I just personally have just seen the benefits of focusing on abundance, on like what is going well for me. What are the things that I am learning in these moments? Like even through my darkest times in my life, like I've always, always, always flipped the framing of everything. Like even when I was walking through depression and anxiety and chronic illness, like I would ask myself like, you know, why am I going through this? Well, I'm going through this because there is going to be a day that I don't have to go through. And that's going to teach me the value of like what good health feels like. Mm -hmm. Because on those days, like, I want to remember how dark it felt so that I can appreciate, like, what a healthy life looks like. 
you know, and I think what it comes down to is just knowing that your life is, is happening and unfolding the way that it should. And that if you are feeling like you're behind, you need to sign off of Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and take a little break yeah. and do a little gratitude journaling and identify the areas that are bringing you joy. And then if there are areas that you want to grow in, view it as that. It's just a growth area. We all have areas that we need to grow in. And it doesn't mean that you're behind in life. Like we are literally exactly where we need to be at this moment at this time. So I guess the final takeaways from today's episode is, you know, if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, remember progress isn't linear, it's a spiral, and that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people, you should be comparing yourself to a past self, and just remember that abundance mindset, really think about what is going well for me, and tune out the noise that's Mm -hmm. happening outside, and really just think about yourself, and even if things are hard and even if things are stressful, I really challenge you to view it as an opportunity to grow. Just know that, you know, your time is coming and whatever goals and things that you want to manifest, like as long as you keep working towards them, I'm a true believer that like it will happen in the time that it, mm-hmm. it that it's meant to. So just keep pushing. And don't rush, don't speed, like just slow down and enjoy where you are because you are exactly where you need to be. Exactly. So we're just so grateful that you've decided to tune in and listen to us. Season yeah. two. This season is crazy. Two. Episode one, season two. I felt, Finally. A little, felt a little rusty. I'm not yeah. going to lie. But it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done this. But hopefully we will be providing just a lot more, I think, vulnerable topics in this mm-hmm. season. I think we're so excited to continue just sort of peeling the layers right of ourselves and opening up ourselves to you all because building those relationships and finding a community in this has been the best part so it has been i'm I'm really excited for the the episodes that we have planned coming up and we also are bringing in a lot more special guests this season um so look forward to hearing that and yeah i'm i'm just so happy to be back and like talking to you guys because i've definitely missed you and i'm very excited to bring back tea talk tuesdays because my tuesdays yes. have been pretty empty i mean <laughs> i haven't even like been excited about a tuesday in three months i know and now like because every tuesday was like something to look forward to mm-hmm. and almost like people were looking forward to yeah. it too people would say like the fate my favorite day of the week is tuesday because i get to put you on like on my car ride or whatever and that just made us so happy so we're so excited to be back in your life we're excited that you're back in our lives yeah, and, and um, go back to posting us on our your stories, and you know we still want those reviews on Apple Podcasts, and you can find us at, on Instagram um, at ttalk underscore podcast, and you can find me at stclu, and you can find me at always Alyssa Marie. So we will continue to see you on the gram. Yeah, and, and talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.